Welcome to Dad Up, a podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Super excited about my guest today on Dad Up. Ed Milet is a premier business leader, peak performance expert, motivational speaker, and social media influencer. He has a passion for mentoring and coaching others and what it takes to become a champion in all areas of their life. He is considered one of the most inspiring speakers of our time. Ed is also the creator and host of The Ed Milet Show. The show showcases the great peak performers across all industries. His well-known guests share their journey and knowledge on what it takes to be the best in life. In his show, you will find motivation, inspiration, and practical steps to help you become the best version of you. Ed and his wife, Christiana, have two awesome kids. Ed appreciates and cherishes his role as a dad to his kids, and he shares some very meaningful tips and suggestions on what you need to max out your role as a parent. Please welcome the very energetic Ed Milet to Dad Up. Ed, thank you very much for joining me on Dad Up today. I appreciate it. Um, I'm really fired up about uh, hearing your about your dad experiences. Um, obviously, we're brother-in-laws, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'd like to I'd like to get your perspective. So, um, for my listeners who may not know. Uh, about you. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, a little about your story, and uh, also about your kids? Well, I'm Brian Ward's brother-in-law, first and foremost. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, uh, I guess, I, I guess I'm a social media influencer nowadays, but I'm an entrepreneur. That's my career. Um, and I grew up in a family with three sisters and a mom and a dad, and I'm a father of two. I've met my wife, as you know. It's sort of interesting to say this to you, but my met my wife in high school. And so I've been married for a long time with the same person for a very long time. And, and, uh, you know, tried to build, you know, the next best version with me and my kids. Awesome. Now, did you, uh, you know, I know as a kid, you kind of had a, had a dream of being a professional baseball player. Did you, um, did you, did you know that if if baseball wasn't going to be a career that you were going to be an entrepreneur? No, I didn't. I never thought, like most kids, and when I say kids, even in college, you know, because I went there on a full ride uh, baseball scholarship when, you know, it was obvious I was probably going to get a chance to go play at the next level, but that it was not, I was not going to be a high draft pick. I had, you know, for whatever reason, I just wasn't. And so in college, actually, I started, you know, I had been an entrepreneur before. In high school, I had an auto detailing business. I used to sell Cokes at the golf course. I had a baseball card business. So I was always sort of entrepreneurial, but there's no one in our family, as you know, that's entrepreneurial at all or a risk taker. So I don't think I ever really realized that was what my heart wanted to do. But in college, I started going to personal development seminars. I started listening to Tony Robbins tapes. I'd go to how to buy real estate events. I sort of got into that entrepreneurial, self-help, personal development kind of world, and it, it was home for me. So I really never wanted to have a job, although I did have a couple after college. I was always really trying to find a way to work for myself. Is that something that you would recommend people or young young kids, whether they're college or just coming out of high school, being an entrepreneur? Is that something that you would recommend? I think if your heart calls you there, you know, I don't think everybody necessarily should be an entrepreneur. I mean, there's risk involved. Um, I think that if it calls you though, like if you enjoy innovative and creative, if you're, you know, maybe you're even super money oriented, you know, you want to achieve, you want to compete, you've got an unusual work ethic. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, my concern is not that everyone should be an entrepreneur. My concern is more that I think 
maybe up until recently, the traditional education system sort of designs employees. Right. It's sort of all pointed at getting a job, which, which is okay for a lot of people, but not for everyone. And I also think that's why oftentimes the educational system doesn't always work for everybody because not everybody wants to be pointed in that direction. They're not wired that way. It's uh, they're independent type thinkers. They're innovators. They're creative. Having said that, you know, a lot of people I know that have become great entrepreneurs started out as employees and learned, you know, the inner workings of how to build a company, how to hold it together. And, and, and so both are okay. I don't think everyone should be an entrepreneur, but I, I would like to see more people open to it and considering it and having options for it for sure. Awesome. Um, now kind of segueing into your, into your dad role, uh, yeah. you, have, you have a boy and a girl, um, Max and Bella and, you know, when you became a dad, of their, as they grew up, what did you enjoy most about being a dad? <laughs> oh, wow. What did I enjoy most? I would, see, I would say watching them become their own person. You know, um, watching them develop into, a, you know, when they're babies, it was awesome, as you know, like that time is so incredibly new and, and awesome. But as they started to become little people, I'm fascinated by, you know, I remember the first time, you know, that not just when Max walked, but just he had a little personality, he had his own little vibe, you know, he was a little different than me, a little different than his mom. And then watching them, you know, when they're funny and they have their first thought and they give their first speech and, you know, then their first boyfriend or girlfriend, like just watching them become them has been an honor, you know, every step of the way, even the steps that weren't comfortable. Being a dad and having children is so beautiful to just, you know, I think you relate to it, just seeing who they're becoming, what right. they think about, what they're passionate about, what they're good at, you know, um, it makes me emotional even to think about it because it went by so fast, as you know, just right. like you, our sons are both, you know, your other son went off to college and both our boys are leaving this year. It's just, just amazing. It happens so quickly. Everyone says that, but like it really, life wasn't fast. Until I started to have kids, right? You know, that's a good part. That's a great point. No, you're right. Um, it does go by fast, and it's funny when I talk to other dads, especially that I have on the show that maybe have young young kids or even toddlers, babies. Um, I, I tell them that you gotta cherish every single day because it goes so fast. My biggest, you and I have talked. We we're sitting in my backyard when you were conceiving of. And by the way, everybody, I get credit for the show <laughs> <laughs> because I said to Brian. He was thinking about, you know, what he was doing. I said to Brian, I said, well, what I think of when I think of you as a great dad, that's the first thing I think of. And I said, for me, you ought to do a podcast about being a dad because you're a great one. And, you know, and, and I mean that, and I say that in front of your audience too. You know, it's why it's, it's such a good show because you're a great dad. And it's true. It, it really is. But, you know, I, I don't think I did a good enough job of appreciating every moment. I got you know, busy. So one of my messages to the audience wouldn't be just do everything I did. You know, if I could go back, which I can't, but if I could, I would grab me the minute I held Max. Mm. I mean, the minute I held him and I would, I would say to me, I would, I would really say to me, Hey, don't take it for granted. Right. You know, enjoy every moment, be present. And it's not that I wasn't, but I could have been more. 
And right. it, it's, I think about it a lot, man. I, I think about it a lot. There's, there's oftentimes some of the dads can probably relate to this. You know, Christiana will say, do you remember when she, he, I'm like, I, I don't remember. Right. You know, I mean, there are things I remember, obviously, but there are things I don't. I was there, but I don't remember them because I wasn't completely there. And for you young dads, Brian's giving you the right advice. Like, here's, here, here I am. I'm in the Pacific Ocean. I'm in a paid-off oceanfront beach house. I've got a jet. I've got other homes. All that stuff's great. None of it is close to sitting at a Little League game and watching your little, your little guy at bat. None of it's the same as doing homework with your daughter. Yeah. Time. It's just not, it's, there's nothing close to those moments. It's a huge blessing to have those children in your life. And, and yeah. they, although they'll be in your life forever, it's not the same as when they're in your home and they're your responsibility. It's a tremendous blessing. It's, it's the greatest blessing in your life, period. So enjoy it. I agree. It's funny that you say that because we talk, uh, Andrea and I talk about, you know, we're going to be empty nesters pretty soon. Brett's going off to college now and with Blake and Brett both gone, we're going to be empty nesters. And, you know, there's a part of me that's really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm scared because they're going to be gone and uh, there's going to be a void yep. in my life. And yep. it's going to be hard. And they're, they're close and, and we're close as a family and they come home and all that stuff. Brett's just going to be down the road, but still there's that void that's going to be there. And I think I'm going to be able to be okay with it, but I'm scared of it. Yeah. And there, you know, the other thing too, I've thought about it, bro. Like there could be a void in your marriage. Think yeah. about, think about all, how much of your conversations and your relationship with your wife is centered through your children. And yep. so it's actually becomes, you know, to some extent, it becomes a new relationship with your wife you have to create on some yeah. level too, right? Like, yeah. you know, Christian and I go to dinner, 98% of the conversations involve our children uh, and right. what's going on daily. And not that it won't, but it won't be 98 anymore. You know, it'll be yeah. less. So yeah, yeah it's a, uh, it is a scary time. I relate. I've got one leaving and, and my daughter, oh God, I didn't want to think about it. Forget it. But she could be gone in two years. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Um, now you're you're a busy guy. You have you have an incredible work work ethic. Um, you're committed, obviously, to everything that you do, including fatherhood. Um, so, how would you you instill strong work ethic in your kids? Max being, you know, valedictorian and got a golf mm-hmm. golf scholarship. Bella with her mm-hmm. um, volleyball, you know, success mm-hmm. that she had. How yeah. would you uh, instill a strong work ethic in them? I think most things with our children are caught not taught and so i would say that you know i even see to this day things in me that i watched my dad do good and bad i caught those things you know behaviors and you know for me with my old man with my dad i caught his work ethic he didn't teach me my dad never sat me down and said you must work hard Mm -hmm. you know um he just did you know, by the time I get up in the morning, my dad was gone and he didn't come home until it was dark out. You know, right. Saturdays, my dad worked a lot, as you know. And so I just watched it. I caught it. And so I think oftentimes as, as dads, maybe we're trying to teach lessons rather than get our kids to catch lessons. Mm-hmm. And 
And, uh, and so I, there are definitely things that I'll do, you know, like, because we have been blessed with some nice things, I will make sure actually my wife does a better job of this than me. You know, if we're at a nice restaurant or we're doing a special thing, my, my wife will say, you know, this is because, you know, God's blessed us and, and how hard daddy's worked and, and she's worked too. But so she's been good at linking. This is important for the dads too. To have a spouse that supports you in your hard work and that she frames correctly the work you're doing. Because I know a lot of dads listen to this and they're like, look, I, I can't go to every single thing, right. you know, and there's this deep guilt for it. And you should, they should be your priority. But as dads, sometimes we can't, we just, we can't. And so for me, the other blessing I had is unconsciously or consciously, Christiana would always frame it to them. You know, daddy would rather be here but he's doing this so that we can blah, 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 blah. And that's helped me tremendously because I, I've been at most things, as you know, but there's been things I just, I've, I've missed. And, and so having it framed correctly and then catching most of the things we do, it's like you tell your kids to be, you know, good Christian kids, but do they see you pray over a meal? Do they right. see you pray at night, right? They're going to catch those things more than you're going to teach them those things. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Visual, visualization is a powerful tool. And the kids, they're watching, and I've said this before on the show, they're watching us regardless of their age. They're watching everything that you do from toddlers to even into adults. Blake being 21, he's still watching me. And so you still have to be that influence on them because they're, they're seeing what you're doing and they're going to feed off that. Yeah. Think about the lens. Like when your kids are little, you go to a Christmas play. There's 50 kids up there singing Christmas carols. Who do you see? Mm-hmm. Right. You see yours, right? Or you go to a little league game, you're watching all the kids, but who are you, who are you watching every single play? Yours. Right. Well, that's what they're doing. They're, if you could just picture that, like they're going through their entire life, everywhere they go, you're the person singing in the play. You're the one on the little league field. They're watching mm-hmm. you constantly, even mm-hmm. when you think they aren't, because they only have, like, by the way, you might have three or four kids. They have one dad. One, on earth, there's one of you. So they are, they are watching you very, very closely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, we've seen the media, the last, especially the last few days, all the protesting and vandalism and the looting going on and stuff. What advice would you give to parents in educating their kids about what they're seeing on the media, in the media? Um, that's a sensitive topic for me right now because I don't feel, you know, I don't feel good about any media. Left right. or right, I I, uh, I feel terrible about what I see in the media because I just the media has so much power because it not only does it tell us the story and what to believe about it, but they tell us what stories are important, right? So they they control the lens, so they tell us what's important and then what to believe about what's important. Those are pretty powerful things. I've tried to get my kids to be really independent, free thinkers, and. I, but that is something that I have gone out of my way. And I'm talking about left and right news here. This isn't political. I've told them that I don't, I, I watch very little media and for them to be independently thinking through, it's really hard as with their brains are still developing too, um, uh, you know, to process what they're seeing on television. Um, and I, what I will say about, you know, some of the recent stuff that, you know, is going on is we're recording this with George Floyd and the rioting and whatnot that, you know, I, I made a post about this today, which is that, you know, words are great, 
I've told my kids this, words have power, but actions are 10 times more powerful. And so, mm. you know, I've told them, you know, the looting and the rioting is disgusting and disgraceful and horrible. But guys, what's also happening in the world is disgusting and horrible. And, you know, what could you guys do? We talked about it last night. What could you do to help with race relations? What could you do to help with this inequality? Because it, it, it is an unequal world. And um, we talked about different things they could actually do. And I literally, I said to Max, Max's best friend is African-American. And one of Bella's two best friends is. I said, you know, have you talked about this with them? No, we never talked about this. I said, you ought to ask them. Hear them, listen to them. You know, and and I'm hopeful that, my biggest concern, man, is that there obviously needs to be some changes made. And I worry that this looting and rioting distracts from it again. Like I'm, I'm old enough that, I was there during Rodney King, you know, and that was 30 years ago. And I'm wondering, has there been that much progress? You know, I mean, I'm talking about overall, like Rodney King at least survived. You know, George Floyd was murdered. You know, I would like to see there's millions of great police officers. You and I, some of our best friends are police officers. And it goes without saying that their job is difficult and and they're amazing, you know, but Everywhere in life, but if you ask somebody at your work right now, what percentage of the people are just like, not great, you know, mm-hmm. you say 10%, right? In any right. career, in my businesses, all of my different companies, 10% of the people, I, I, they're, I could use the D word, you know what I mean? They're just, yeah. you know, well, well, policing isn't immune from that. You know, there's a percentage of police that are D words, sure yeah. are, except they have power and control. I'd like to see maybe... I don't mean this to be controversial. I'd, I'd like to see the police call those guys out more often than I see that happen. Yeah. You know, that would, that, that just doesn't seem to happen very often. I understand why, but to me, that'd be an area where we could improve. And, uh, and anyway, so I, I, the media part, I'm not giving you a long answer because it's such a complicated topic, but the media stuff drastically, uh, concerns me, dramatically concerns yeah. me because I think it, it can inflame things and make it worse. Um, and I just, I just, I'll be honest with you, I just don't believe the media. That's why I'm on social and business media. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my version of the truth out there. And at least there's a lot of options nowadays. So I don't know if right. that gives you an answer or not. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna... no, I mean, you, you kind of alluded to it in that you talked to Max and, and Bella about this stuff and you guys just had conversations yesterday. We've been talking to our boys all week long. Um, I think what's important is that you have constant communication with the kids. Uh, hearing it from their parent um, it provides that guidance. So yeah, and I don't even know that it has to be uh, agreeance. Like my dad and I are completely opposite, but we talk about it. You know, like my dad's in his seventies, and I love him, but we see the media differently. Right, we see issues differently, and you think, well, you'll never persuade someone who doesn't believe what you believe. Ah, eh, I think there's been times he's persuaded me a little bit. I see things a little bit differently because we've talked. They're not always comfortable conversations. And I think I persuaded him a little bit too. And so sometimes these conversations don't have to feel great either. Right. Right. It's just letting someone express themselves and then, you know, listen, like there's been times my old, my dad's, you know, I'm, I'm probably a little bit center, right. Politically Mm -hmm. pretty socially liberal and fiscally pretty conservative, I think is probably where I would designate myself. And my dad is pretty left on everything. And, um, I'm probably pretty left socially, but, but he's pretty left on everything. And sometimes those conversations are pretty, pretty contentious, you know, yeah. I guess. 
But I like to listen to them. And then, you know, it's usually like the next day or two, I go, you know, he made a really good point. <laughs> it's yeah. not always in the moment when I'm trying to be right. But I think to your point, just talking is, is powerful, even if it's not always pleasant. Right. No, I agree. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with a healthy debate, especially with our kids. Uh, you know, Blake's, Blake's really huge into, into debating with you and, and uh, you and Andrea debate constantly. And it, I think it's great. I, I, I enjoy listening to it. They don't always yeah. agree, um, but yeah. uh, it, it's great. Now, uh, you and I both know that affirmations are important. Mm-hmm. I've used affirmations with Blake and Brett their whole lives. You've, yeah. done, you've done the same with Max and Bella. Yeah. What's the single most important affirmation you give Max and Bella over and over? favorite affirmation is actually a scripture, which is that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 I don't require it, but it's pretty close to it that somewhere in their affirmations, they reassure themselves that, you know, one of my kids for a while was God's got my back. Um, Max had one for a while where the DNA of the King of Kings runs through my veins, you know, awesome. Some, yeah, something where they are reminded of the power of God in their life. For me, that's the one thing that's consistently brought me comfort and strength and peace in my life. And I want them to leave my home. I'd love my kids to leave my home having the strength in their faith, number one, which I think encompasses all the moral and ethical things you want your children to have. I want them to have tremendous work ethic, and I want them to be able to communicate well. And if I could, they could leave me with those things, because I think faith, by the way, encompasses self-confidence. My self-confidence comes from the fact that I believe I'm blessed and favored and, and that I have a destiny, right? So right. all of my self-confidence comes into the, the faith category. The work ethic's important. And then I just think in the world, the ability to express yourself and communicate is a very highly valued commodity. That's what I've tried to work on with them. That's great. That's great. Um, now, what do you think is the key to raising kids who don't feel entitled or act entitled. <laughs> That's a hard one, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially I, now. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I remember one time, and by the way, not everybody listening to this is wealthy. It doesn't matter. But I remember when Bella was, Max was little. Max came home from school where our, our kids were in the same classes, you know, back then. Someone had said something to Max like we were rich or something. Max got in the car. I picked him up that day. He gets in the car. I go, what's on your mind? He goes, Dad. Are we rich? <laughs> I never forget it. His little blue eyes, you know. It just dawned on him. And I look back at him, I go, Well, I don't know if I am or not, but how much money you got? And he goes, I got like I got like five dollars. I go, then you're definitely not rich. <laughs> and and I've sort of instilled in him that lesson the entire time, meaning, hey, like this isn't all yours. And you're not entitled to any of this. And this can go away tomorrow. And I don't want, I have enough friends who have done okay with their kids. Have, the number one thing in life for my older friends is, that causes them stress. So if you, in other words, almost where you and I are, mm-hmm. where our children are gone. You ask, you ask somebody whose children are out of the house, what's the greatest stress in your life? Is it money? Is it your marriage? Is it, you know, whatever it is, you know what it is, mm-hmm. man, it's, it's the, an entitled adult child and what that havoc wreaks on the rest of their years of their life. Mm-hmm. So it's been something I've been very afraid of, 
of having one of my two children feel like they don't need to work or they're entitled. So I've really gone out of my way to reinforce that. That is one thing I do talk about, um, maybe too much. Like I think my son maybe is even a little bit scared of it almost. Mm. Like I, I've probably gone overboard on that topic. It's because I think you're asking such a powerful question there of, of they need to know things can go away. They need to know things aren't guaranteed. They need to know that they need to be able to work for these things. And they need to know that the things that really matter in life aren't the material. And right. I, I, I think neither one of my kids uh, are incredibly material-oriented, even though they've grown up around... By the way, anyone listening to this, in the real world, your kids have grown up with material things. For the most part, if they live in the United States, they've got a good pair of tennis shoes every Christmas, or you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's better yeah. than most. So and then there's just extent of what's the tennis shoes, you know? And right. who, cares, who cares, right? So I, I, I definitely have gone out of my way to do that. And I don't know that you ever know, um, but there's just little things like they had to pay for part of their cars. They've, you know, they don't get uh, crazy allowances. If they don't do their chores, they have never gotten any money from us, you know? And even the allowances they get are frankly far smaller than their friends. And uh, I'm just cognizant of that i don't let them do things everybody else can do well dad everybody's going well they're not my kids you're not going right and there's wars in my house over those things and and i just feel like maybe those little tiny steps have at least helped to some extent with them not thinking they just get to go do whatever they want anytime they want so yeah yeah i agree and i've de- you know we've done the same thing with our boys and you know we even break going our way to college that we we didn't want him to work um, we didn't want him to have to worry about uh, getting a job uh, to kind of, you know, earn some money to so he had some spending money. But we told him he needed to, mm. and we told him he needed to because we wanted him to learn that responsibility of taking care of some of the things himself. Yeah. And I still, you know, even when he's away at college, I still send him money or put money in his account to help him out. Mm-hmm. Um, but. The fact that he knows that he's working and earning money that he can take care of himself if he needs to um, is the lesson that we're trying to teach. Great lesson. Um, you, you have definitely done that with Blake. There's no yeah. doubt. Blake's a worker. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, cool. Now, um, we know parenting is difficult. Um, we learn how to be parents. Uh, you know, I believe that we learn how to be parents, how we're raised, and also the lessons we've learned from other parents. Um, what do you think is the most single important thing you've learned from your parents and how has that impacted you as a father? Yeah. Um, the center of my parents' life is family. And I also watched my parents be willing to sacrifice for themselves, for us. I remember I was like 17. For some reason, my mom sent me into their bedroom to get something out of their closet. And I remember opening my mom's closet and it just dawned on me, whatever I grabbed for her, the clothes she had in there, she had for probably all of them for more than 10 years, some of them 15 years. And it just dawned on me, like the sacrifices they made for me to have the nice stuff I have, you know, that was just a small example of everything's about their family. And although I can't say I can't, I've not lived up to that. Like they have, I'm not, as selfless as them, nor as sacrificing. But I definitely feel like my primary thoughts all day long are about my family. You know what I mean? And I don't think that that's true for everybody. And I think I was blessed to grow up where 
my parents could care less, literally care less, what car you drive, where you come from, what your education is, who you know, all the surface things in life my family could care less about. And I think that that means then what do they care about? And mm-hmm. it's their family. And you know that being in our family. Yep. You know, and that that's what I've taken away from my mom and dad is that it's everything. So. And you you obviously push that with your own family, with your kids and, and obviously Christiana. Um You know, you know, man, I think Christiana has, you know, as I'm saying that out loud, you always know, want to be vulnerable and honest when I'm talking to people. I could have done better. Yeah. You know. It's the area of my life, man, like I was looking forward to doing today because I've told you this too, like I always want to get better, I always want to grow, I always try to be pretty self aware. You know, and if there's an area where I feel like I've never measured up to what I would like it to be, you know, and I probably never will, but it's just being a dad. It's, it's just, I don't know, all dads feel this way. I just feel like I'm not as good at it as I could be. If I'm being honest, you know, like I just never, it's like as a businessman, you know, I'll I'll do a deal. I'm like, that was a good deal. Or, you know, or I'll give a speech somewhere. I'm like, that was a pretty good one, you know? And I just never felt as a dad, like, it's probably because I love them so much. I could never do enough the right way. Yeah. But it's definitely the area where I have the least self-confidence. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I know. But is that a concern of yours as far as how you are perceived by Knox and Bella? What do you mean perceived? I'll answer you. What do you mean by that? Like, do they see me as well, a good dad? Yeah. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, I worry about that. Yes. Don't you? Do you ever oh, worry yeah. about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I know I make mistakes constantly. Um, yeah. Well, you and I have talked about that. You know, yeah. frankly, I won't get into it, but our original conversation sort so I know you do. Yeah, like, yeah, I worry they don't think I'm a great dad. Or I worry, you know, I, of course, like, it's the area I'm the most insecure where, because I'm the most vulnerable because I love them so much. And yeah. truthfully, and truthfully, I could have done a better job. You know what I mean? Like every day I could do a better job. I came home from a trip last night and I spent time with my daughter, but I probably could have spent a little bit more time with her, you know, like I'm always, always, uh, you know, and it's just such an important, at the end of your life, what the heck else is there? Right. You know what I mean? Like I ate a bunch of great steaks. Like who cares? You know what I mean? Like it's great. You want to do that. I mean, that's, you want to give your kids great experiences and all that, but like, just about that connection with the people that you love the most. Absolutely. And it's something that I've said on this show before. Um, I'm a firm believer in your legacy is built in your home, not outside. Yeah. There's no question, Brian. There's no question. I mean, can you imagine achieving all the things of the world that people think you want and not having a great relationship with your children? Oh Oh. my gosh. That would devastate me if I didn't have a great, you know? Well, it's important we're doing this show because, you know, maybe there's some guys right now driving in their car going, you know what, man, maybe my priorities are a little bit misaligned sometimes. And by the way, brother, and if you're feeling that, join the club. Right. Life's about, life's about getting off course and getting back on. And the reason you listen to podcasts like mine or this one is that maybe in that moment, it pulls you back. It's like for me sitting in church on Sunday, like there's those moments we all have where you're like, oh gosh, like. I I needed that. And, you know, I'm not saying this is a ministry, but you understand the point. Like, yeah. it's don't beat yourself up. But maybe some guys needed to hear that today from a rich dude. For me. You know, like, <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? Like, seriously. No, yeah, I know. 
You're right. If I were to ask Max and Bella, tell me something about your dad, what would you hope they would say about you? Brian, come on. <laughs> These are good questions. <laughs> I would hope the first thing they say is he loves me. And then I'd like them to hopefully talk about the fact that I'm a good man. Yeah. Like when I think of my dad, right? My dad, the first thing I think of is what a good man he is. I guess the first thing I think of, he's a good me, man. Me, he's, a be- he's, a better, he's a better man than me. And then the second thing is, is I know how much my dad loves me, you know? And then everything after that is sort of secondary. I can tell you how smart my dad is, you know, and he's intense and he was a pretty good fighter when he was young, you know, and a good businessman. And, but those are the two most important things is my dad's a really good man. He's the best man I've ever known. And he loves me. You know, and man, would it be wonderful if my daughter said to you, my dad's the best man I've ever known and he loves me. Huh. Melt me. Right? <laughs> yeah. Who cares yeah. after that, man? <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Those are, those are, those are great points. And it's, um, it's interesting. I, I feel the same way. Um, but one of the things that I do hope my kids say, and I think they will, I'm pretty, mm-hmm. pretty confident they will, is they'll say my dad was always there. Your kids will say that, Brian. I can't say that because of some of my travel schedules, but I can tell you that that is what your kids will say. That's yeah. I told you that's sitting in our backyard. That's it. Yeah. If they don't, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> because I, yeah. by the way, one of one of Brian's sons is my godson, so I'm allowed to say that. Plus, they're both my nephews, so I'm allowed to say something's wrong with them. That's impossible for them to say my dad wasn't there with you because you were literally always there. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah. Um, um. So yeah, I I, I I honestly believe they would. So let's, uh, my final question, I like to ask all my dads, if you had the secret to raising good kids and I asked you to share it with me, what would that secret be to you, Ed? In, in my case, it's my example. And it goes back to caught, not taught. I think right. the secret is my example. And by the way, if you are fortunate enough to be married to an incredible woman, like I am, so my kids have had the advantage of having a good dad and a world-class mother. Mm-hmm. And so, but not everybody listening to this, some are single dads. So that modifies my answer that I would want to set an example of the things I want them to be, because I think they catch a whole lot of it. And I also think there's a tendency for daughters to marry their dad. Mm-hmm. I mean this, like marry a man like their dad. And, and so if I want to be the kind of man that Bella would want to marry. And so, you know, and, and it does happen. Oftentimes sons marry someone like their mother. It's not, it's not, there's elements of those people that you'll see in them. Right. And so I just want to be that guy. And that's, you know, of all the things I've said today that I didn't think I did well, you know, I do feel like I've done that pretty well. Like I, I would be okay if Bella were married to a man like me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and that would, that would probably be it is be the example that you want them to be as much as you can be, because we're all human. We all sin. We all make mistakes. We all lose our temper. We've all had moments with our children where just, we regret. That's just part of being a human being. But I think if your heart's pure, your intentions are good. And, uh, and by the way, and I also think, you know, a little thing is like listening to stuff like this regularly that just brings you back to true north. It just makes you think about what really matters to you. 
that is valuable. So you're doing a great service for people here, brother. I'm really proud of you. Thank you very much for saying that. And thanks for sharing that. All right. So we've gone a little long, but um, if people want to look you up, kind of learn a little bit more about you, um, where can they find you? Where can they find uh, information on you? And also, what do you have going on this year that you're looking forward to? Uh, you can just find me on uh, any social media, probably Instagram, Ed Milet, E-D-M-Y-L-E-T-T. Uh, what I have going on this year that I'm excited about is I've started a, uh, it's just in the very beginning stage, but I started a new book and, um, and I'll be writing a new book that I hope will be out, uh, at the end of the year. And ironically, there is parts of the book about being a father in the book, mm-hmm. which is ironic that the book's not about fatherhood, but there's parts of it, um, that are about that. So I'm excited about my book and I'm excited about the things I do every day with my YouTube and my podcast and whatnot, that, you know, at least appears to be kind of making a difference yeah. for a lot of people. So <laughs> I'm excited about that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, obviously, you know, I love you and love you, uh, appreciate, appreciate all that you're doing out there, not only for your family and for, you know, us as a whole family, but uh, also for your max out community. Um, you, you certainly, certainly represent the data community very well. And I'm, I'm super honored that you uh, agreed to come on, brother. Love you, brother. Love your family. And uh, max out as a dad, everybody. Take care. Ah, awesome. Thanks, Ed. Thank you again to Ed for talking with me on Dad Up. As you heard, his passion and energy is addicting, and I appreciate his thoughts on fatherhood. His inspiration and tips are lessons we can all apply to our role as a dad. Ed certainly represents the Dad Up community very well. Make sure you check out his website, edmylet.com, and his Instagram page, at edmylet, to see all the latest on this dynamic leader. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. It is also important to share the show with others. The only way the show continues to get noticed is if you're sharing and talking about it. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for guests or would like to be a guest yourself, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at datappodcast or email me at dataptribe at gmail.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Dad Up.